Blog Talk Radio. and liberating things for me, and I think why this thing came to fruition, uh, you know, I made a big deal that this stayed quiet, you know, and, and, you know, first of all, you know what I was doing, I was, um, you know, part of the rumors are things fly out of that building, and so I wanted to see could I trust this building. Being up there and standing behind for Bill, 
um, being around Ronnie and feeling his presence, to Tina Turner and Bill Ringmore on that staff, I just get, you know, what dawned upon me. This isn't just a normal franchise. This is one of the iconic franchises in football. And the opportunity to restore that to its glory and to work really hard to do that, 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 that just got me. And so. Right. And you know what? The longer it takes us to figure that out, the better we are. The better we are. Because we just keep working. And we just keep getting better, all right? Day after day, we'll be better tomorrow than we were today, all right? But you guys, I'm really freaking about it. You guys are one hell of a football team. Who's got it better than us? No! North Carolina ain't a damn thing quiet. Bitch, I'm a niner from the earthquake country. I can make the earth shake. About to bring it back like the 89 earthquake. Throw a pass at me, I'ma catch it like Crabtree. Who got the cush, cause the smoker gotta have tree. And pass the joint, cause the player gotta have mo. I split a blunt down the middle like Frank Go. A quarterback don't bullet like Kaepernick. And take a poodle out the game like Alex Smith. Red and gold, that's the color of the realest. Staying on my toes, call me Patrick Willis. Be back up in it, cause my team winning. I'm the comeback kid, all I need is one minute. We winning like the 80s, it's a Super Bowl city. Fit it, take another ring home, Super Bowl city. Ain't nobody fucking with us. I got red and gold in my cut. Wild West got the game turned up. Who got it better than us? Faithful with God's honor. Doing TD, no pick. Break for 85 yards. If he opted hella quick. New stadium, new ring. Same team. Hard since keys are. 49ers, we are. Hating on the city, but they can't hold Quinn. I fuck with court crap free and both win. Breaking records like we throwing vinyl. Staley Davis, you body the whole line go. That's the Bartolo name. The Super Bowl affiliated. Bowman and Willis, such a frame and you gon' really hate it. We elated, not a fan. Is a fine man. Do it like the 80s and move right by the Rams. Seahawks, real life, no weak talk. Go hard on the corners, never take a weak talk. Ain't nobody fucking with us. I got red and gold in my cut. The Wild West got the game turned up. Who got it better than us? What you heard, I'm a baby from the 80s, I was born on the turf, I go back like Garrison Hurst and be young, diamonds on my fingers, so just call me Steve Young, like Justin Smith, I go hard on the defense line, let a hater hate, I'm still gon' rip my hip, come to kick off, bet I'm gon' run it all the way home, yeah, I'm gon' red and gold, bloody, come and get it if you want it, yeah, we gon' set it off, do you like Whitner, rip your damn helmet off, I'm lucky number seven, cause your boy deliver, throwing bombs from the bay over the Mississippi River, they ain't messing with us, put the subs to the projects, do the Scott Steiner, kiss your bicep, uh, soon as we touch down, we gon' burst out, run through them like Gore, going for the first down. got red and gold in my cut, Wild West got the game turned up, who got it better than us?
What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Honor Faithful. Thanks for tuning in this week. Hope everyone had a blessed week. And today, Anima and I will be reviewing Niners Seacocks and, of course, being taking any of your calls and texts that we get. The number to call in is 646-668-8467. That number again, 668-8467. And the number to text the show is 408-785-3015. That number again, 408-785-3015. But before we get started today... I want to invite everybody to come out to Empire Row this weekend for the home game. Well, not this weekend, Sunday, the Broncos home game. So, also, when you come join us out in Empire Row, bring something. We're, We're working with the NFL alumni to be a we're starting a toy drive for the less fortunate. So we're going to go ahead and be donating, you know, a lot of toys. Oh, my. Good, of course. So make sure to come out at Empire and make all your donations. Also, if you want to save on ticket purchases this holiday season, whether it be Hanukkah or Christmas or Kwanzaa, Go to SeatGiant.com and use the promo code NinerFaithfulRadio, all one word, and you shall save an extra 2%. That's right. That's pretty awesome. That promo code, again, is NinerFaithfulRadio, and the website is SeatGiant.com. So, going to go ahead and wait for Adam to call me in before we really start the show. But I thought uh, when I was researching this date and in history, there's a bunch of games that have came up. And uh, I thought this one was pretty cool. On this date in Niner history, December 10th, 1995, the Niners played their first ever game in Carolina. Against the Panthers, George Seifer came. Team came in. Oh, that's eleven to five. That's what we had the season. Okay, so uh, we played. It was George Seifer was our head coach. Um. Oh wow, they recycled the page. Sorry about that, y'all. Okay, here we go. George Seifer was our coach. We went in the game ten and four, so it was week sixteen or week fifteen. Uh, we defeated the Panthers thirty-one to ten. George Seifert versus Dom Cabers. That's an old name. It was in front of seventy-six thousand one hundred thirty-six thousand people. The Niners jumped out to a fourteen nothing lead by a four-yard touchdown pass to Derek Lavelle from Steve Young, and then a one-yard run by Derek Lavelle. But then John Casey kicked a 43-yard field goal to make it 
Looks just like right just before halftime. Steve Young hit JoJo, JJ Stokes. There's a name in that history for you. Uh, with a 20-yard pass to take a 21-3 halftime lead. Derek Moore brought the score to the closest it would be all game with a two-yard rushing touchdown to start the third quarter with to make the score 21-10 Niners. But Steve Young... Put the Niners pretty much sealed the game with a one-yard touchdown run to make it 28. Jeff Wilkins added a 20-yard field goal in the fourth quarter, and that was ball game. Uh, pretty interesting notes from this game. Steve Young finished the game, completing 31 of 45 attempts for 336 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. It was, but he was sacked three times. Had a quarterback rating of 96.2. He also had five rushes for 21 yards and a touchdown as well. No receivings. Jerry Rice finished the game to go with nine targets, six catches on nine targets for 121 yards, but no touchdowns. His longest reception was 46 yards. Brett Jones caught seven of seven targets. For 51 yards, Chris Thomas never heard of him. And Kerry Collins, there's a name for uh, late 90s, early 2000s quarterback player in the NFL. He was 12 of 29 for 127 yards and one pick and was sacked once. But had two rushing touchdowns. Oh, no, two yards. Yeah, it looks like. As far as, yeah, notable names in the game. But, yeah, let me go ahead and see if Adam called. Yo, yeah, we got Adam on the line right now, so let me go ahead and put him on. What's up, Adam? How you doing, bro? That's Epic Dog. Thanks for having me on. How are you? Doing all right, doing all right. Another day in paradise, as they say. Yes, sir. Beautiful day out there. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, it isn't so cold. So, well, um, it's actually, you know what, pretty nice. We've gotten a couple, a uh, couple days break from the rain, but I believe it's supposed to rain t- tomorrow. But um, the weather's actually—it's not been cloudy or anything. It, it's been a little chilly. Like you gotta walk around with a hoodie and a jacket or something like that. But as right. far as rain, we've actually had—it's actually been what you would expect for you know early December. In California, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, maybe temperature wise, maybe temperature wise, there might be a difference. Like it's probably maybe sixty something degrees here. It's probably seventy, eighty where you're at. <laughs> uh, I think I think we're we're in the high sixties today, around sixty-seven, sixty-eight. Oh wow! Sure. Oh wow! That's 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 for SoCal. All right, so um, I figured that. I, I, I thought that that would um, cool way to start off the show would be to do that this date in Niners history. Uh, I had no idea that this date in 1995 we had played our first ever game in Carolina. I thought that would be that's kind of a cool little note. Yeah. That. Uh, but so I think that um, as we were kind of going through the the text chat that we had yeah. that we have going on. 
uh, I thought I would let you kind of let the listeners kind of know the good news about the draft as far as us, you know, blow it for Bosa, sweep, right. sweepstakes. So, I mean, it, it definitely made, obviously, the loss a lot easier to swallow. You know, I've been uh, been having a event, I should say. I have not been hiding any secrets as far as re- being really thirsty for that number one overall pick. And, uh, you know, I'm just kind of watching some highlights a little earlier, but uh, I felt like we played a pretty decent first half. Um, obviously, Richie James ended up fumbling, like, around, like, our 20 or 25. Unfortunately, pretty yeah. much sealed the game. And, obviously, they came out in the second half. Obviously, with the ears came back, you know what I mean? We obviously struggled, and obviously, they have a pretty solid uh, pass rush. So, uh, that's when things got kind of out of hand. But I thought the first half was decent, you know? I thought they were kind of in it. And, uh Obviously, that James fumble, unfortunately, ended up sealing their fate. But, hey, good learning mistake for the rookie. I mean, once again, out the end of the world, imagine how pissed we'd be. Say, if we were in playoff contention, you know, the loss probably would have hurt pretty bad. Yeah. Obviously, some things would have gone a little different. I don't think the game would have gone the way it did. But uh, long story short, Cardinals won yesterday, which was great. They ended up giving the 49ers and, unfortunately, the Raiders some breathing room by them getting their third win of the season. And uh, right now, we're like uh, – According to Football Outsiders, we have like a 58% chance, I believe, right now to uh, get the number one overall pick. And I think the Raiders are like in the mid-20s. I want to say like 25%. So, uh, Broncos, Seahawks, Bears, and Rams. We'll see what happens. Good things happened yesterday. And I'll see the bad things. To to me, the big one, uh, the the only disappointment I got out of last week's, or I should say yesterday's, scoreboard was that um, I really wanted the Jets to win. I really wanted, you know, the the, the Jets to win because they're right there at three wins. So in actual honesty, I would say probably the only team I'd say really threatens us as you know, for the old first overall pick is is the Raiders. I yeah. would say that they'd probably be the the only one that that would threaten us. And if I'm not mistaken, obviously we hold the, the strength of schedule, uh, you know, tiebreaker right. right now. So essentially, they would have to we we would have to win on a week that they would lose, and just you know, essentially exactly. they would have to lose out, and we would have to win one win. In order for that to happen, so right. honestly, you want, to, you want to run through our games? How do you feel about the next four yeah. games? Well, okay, so so for just kind of going over the first half yesterday. Uh, sure. I thought the first drive. I thought that. Um, hold on, I have the, the stats up right here. And I was looking at this yesterday. Big shout out to Football um, Pro Football Reference. They have just like everything you could possibly want on yesterday's game. Uh, they don't have. They don't have, you know, particular like where Solomon lined up, although they had him as a our starting left defensive end, so that obviously would mean that they would have, um, you know, he's, he played some time on the outside. But I was looking right. at the athletic this morning. Uh, somebody in one of the Niner groups I'm on on Facebook went ahead and posted something in the athletic. I couldn't obviously read the whole article because I'm not – you know, um, subscribe to the athletic, but it was pretty much saying that they, that, that statistically snap wise, it, it has been showing that Solomon's playing more 
Yeah, they're definitely feeding them for sure. And more inside. Well, yeah, any Niner fan, that's, that's, we want that. We we want Solomon Thomas inside. Sure. Yeah, okay, here we go. I'm telling people, just wait till he gets a little strong in the offseason. I'm telling you, it's going to be a different different deal next year, especially with a couple of rushes, hopefully. Yeah, m- m- most definitely. So, I, to to your point, Adam, you yeah. have the, the, the first two drives, six plays, six plays. Obviously, you know, there's first downs in there. So the the flow it was it almost reminded me of last year's game in Seattle. How it was we moved the ball more and obviously more points, but but I, I felt that both teams really came out the gates and really struggled. I mean, if you look at if you look at Seattle's. If you look at their drives, what their first touchdown was set up, I believe that was the one that was set up by the – I'm looking it up right now. Their first t- touchdown drive was set up by – okay, no, it was I'll a punt. That was the one that was down. Yeah, exactly. That was the second one. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. looking at the drive right now. So, essentially, you say two turnovers. I mean, it, it's yep. – we're not going to beat a dead horse. We've 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 talked about t- turnovers plenty of times on this show. So two turnovers turns it into a thirteen nothing game. Uh-huh. You know, you come out and they come out of and they come out of the half and get like they come out of the third quarter. Yeah, eighty five yard kickoff return, which essentially was pretty much as so it's a, it's a twenty. It's a, it's a twenty to three game going in, into the third quarter. What really essentially I feel broke the game open was 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 that last touchdown. That kind of I don't want to say sealed it because you kind of almost felt like the, to me the real true backbreaker was was the Bobby Wagner pick six. You could say sure. that the we game was kind of over and things that. like that. That, that, it's not necessarily that we would have came back in the game, but I think that what made the score, what it, obviously that was the last point that they scored. So that's what really made it. You, you sit there and you think, oh, 43 to 6, 16. You know what I'm saying? But you, you forget about the the fumble, which which was not a fumble. Uh, um, yeah, in my opinion. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's not a fumble? Gosh, it's so frustrating. I'm sorry to cut you off there. Like, Ty is yeah, supposed yeah, yeah. to go to the runner, and if the, obviously if there's enough to overturn it, then you do that. You don't give the tie to the defender and then pray that they're going to overturn it. I just don't understand that rule. Or not even a rule. I don't well, understand see, when the refs call it that way. Well, it's definitely a bias there for sure. So, to me, the thing about it was is is how I interpreted it was you look at where Bobby Wagner and Jeff Wilson's body, you know, where they were down. So you see them on their ass. They both have the football at that point. Now let's not let's not forget that Bobby Wagner probably outweighs Jeff Wilson by probably forty pounds. Bobby Wagner is a big dude. So he obviously was going to get the football at some point. He was just, just you know, out of pure strength going to take it from him. So my, exactly what I felt when I watched the replay was the tie goes to tie goes to the offense, you know. And so 
I'm not necessarily mad so much at it didn't get reversed. I felt that. Going into the replay, going into, I felt like it was going to stay just because I felt that there wasn't enough to, you know, hundred percent. Oh yeah. Okay. That's clearly blown. But I knew they were going to, I was just mad at why was it not called a fumble? Like you said, you know, Hey, we'll call it a, we'll, we'll call them down by contact. And then, you know, we'll reverse it if, if deemed necessary, you know, kind of, it was one of those calls. I felt once it went to replay was, it was all going to be basically determined if they would have called it not a fumble on the field, it would have stayed not a fumble. But since they called it a fumble on the field, I believe that's why they, they, they said, you know, call stands essentially. Yeah, for sure. Or, or whatever they – I don't know the technicalities of what they – but basically they didn't reverse the call. <clears throat> so, real quick before I guess we kind of, you know, kind of wrap up Seattle. I mean, it is what it is. What do you really want to talk about in the 43 to, you know, 16, 16 game? Well, I, just, it was, it was, I think the two teams – game with 13 minutes left. So, I mean, like, we, once we, you yeah. score, in my opinion, you know, obviously end up being a little deceiving. You're playing desperate. You're playing. You're not thinking about punting and all that. You know what I mean? So, you know, once mm-hmm. you get the game kind of, kind of out of hand as of late. But we were essentially in it to start the fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, to me, the two takeaways, if you're looking at the rest of the schedule, it's just pure uh, – roster evaluation like hey let's see what we got going into next year yeah and now looking at it hey we won we lost you know you're you're if you're essentially i think at this point minus the home game at seattle you know and then maybe you might say the last game of the year just because you would want to put your best foot forward this last game of the year go all out you know you're not gonna this may be you know your last time playing football for the rest of your you know what i'm saying like, there's some people yeah, on yeah. the team that will play December 30th that will never play for the Niners ever again and probably maybe not even ever play football again. For sure. You know, right. so so those two games, you know, but I think it, it, you want to see people playing hard. You know, you don't, you don't want to see people quitting. And you want to, you know, look for individual players to shine. So, so going forward, the three points – Real quick, that I just want to touch with on Seattle is love Kyle Shanahan cussing out the ref and getting the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. You feel me? That that shows that he's he's clearly in it. He's clearly coaching the win. He clearly gives a damn because you don't tell a ref "fuck you" if you don't give a shit. You know? Yeah. So I think of course, of course, all of us. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he he kind of essentially said what everybody kind of felt. And, of course, in the press conference, he's going to come out and say, I apologize, it'll never happen again, and, you know, things like that. But I think one of the things I love about Shanahan and why you're seeing a team that's 2-10, and I don't think we quit yesterday. I don't think that that what I saw was a football team quitting. I don't think we've really seen a football team quit. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, I don't think we quit, obviously. I think that was very clear. And so the, the thing I love about Shanahan the most is I love the fact that <clears throat> he's – like when, when Jimmy G. Cool got injured this year, 
he acknowledged that it was it was difficult for him. Like he came out and he said, it sucks. You know, like I had time, a hard time dealing with this. I told the team like, no, like, you know, this sucks. Like it's okay to, you know, feel this sucks. You go through your little woes me period for your 24 hours and then you move on. A lot of coaches, next man up, all that. No, I like the fact that Kyle Shanahan came out and acknowledged like, look, even for me as a head coach of this football team, this sucked. You know, like the plane ride sucked. You know, like, I like that Shanahan's not afraid to say things like that. He's not afraid to show his emotions. He's not afraid to sit there and say, hey, look, I was pissed. It's genuine real. You know what I mean? A lot of times you say, yeah, it's genuinely real. You know, we criticize the people even more, but like, just say it's literally just a straight up simple, plain and simple, I should say. Exactly. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, so, I mean, yeah. the, 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 so, so, so I think we're both on, you know, love that about Shanahan. Um, Dante Pettis, it's amazing what Huge. getting healthy can, can do for you. And, you know, um, I'm I've not by any all means. Year. I've been telling y'all. I, I'm not saying, I'm not by any means, please, anybody that's listening, don't think that I'm crazy. I'm not by any means saying that he's going to be this player. But from what I, of course, being a, you know, a Jerry Rice historian, it's well documented that Jerry struggled early in his, in his career, in his rookie season. And it was towards the end of of his rookie season that he started to flourish. So I'm not saying Dante Pettis is going to be Jerry Rice, but what I'm saying is, is, you look at the fact of, of the fact that he's getting healthy. I think that I think that his knee injury and hitting a w- rookie wall kind of started happening around the same time. And yesterday sure. he was um, he was the player that Back they brought on well. for the Niners for the Niners post game on the radio yesterday. Uh, Dante Pettis was the player that they interviewed, and he acknowledged that you know Shanahan getting on his ass kind of lit a, a fire under him. Like, he's like, look, I have, you know, he doesn't expect anything more than I expect of myself. But, you know, having the head coach calling you out, he basically said, look, Kyle, you know, the head coach calling me out kind of lit a fire on my ass, you know. And and so, you know, like working out, that's fine. Exactly. And that also shows that, that, that Shanahan has the ability to, he still has the team. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And so any rumors of Shanahan losing the locker room or anything, I think, are, are greatly exaggerated. That and we fought um, down to the wire yesterday with the time going out. Like, literally, yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. I don't want to hear yeah, no yeah, bullshit like, not... oh, team is quitting. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. I think that was just – look, I'll put it to you this way. Um I, there was a little interesting stat then when the 49ers did the 49ers live thing today, and this will be my last little point before we kind of take a, a, a broader por- por- uh, look at the season, is uh, the last time we scored two, 20 points in Seattle was 2008. Our offensive coordinator was Mike Martz, and our quarterback was J.T. O'Sullivan. Now think about that, that, that. That might be a little bit before your time, Adam. Like you know, you, you might not. Nah, nah. I, I remember those days clear as day. I remember J.T. O'Sullivan came out firing, yeah. and I was like, "Oh shit, do we have a little?" Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So, 
you know, that kind of tells you how long it's really been. So yeah. let's keep I think what happened yesterday. Last night. Yesterday we could have oh, 20. Oh, oh, we we really could have. Yeah. So went for two, it, and then at the I end we went we for saw, a touchdown when we could have got a field goal. Field goal and things like that. I, I mean, really would – Scoring 20 instead of 16 or anything really a matter. No, it really would yeah, have mattered. Matter. But yeah. the, the the point is, is that what we saw yesterday is, I, I, yeah, you could point to reasons and issues and, you know, Sala and, you know, whatever you want, but it this has been happening. Like, literally, I just told you, it's been 10 years since we scored 20 points in Seattle. So this is clearly not a Nick Mullins issue. This is not a Kyle Shanahan issue. This is not a Robert Solid issue. This is not a Niners 2018 issue. This is a Niners issue that's been going on. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Colin Kaepernick, yeah, yeah, you know, saying. Alex Smith. You know, like, I you know so, so. Quick, but I, I feel you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, long story short, I think that, you know, and also uh, last point about, uh, yesterday that I want to make Jimmy G cool was on the sideline. And so McLuhan uh, can stop tweeting. Uh, McLuhan can stop tweeting about, you know, why is he not next to his teammates? A. Yeah, that was dumb. B, do not underestimate. Now, I don't know. I would assume so, but I wouldn't know if Jimmy Garopp, if, they played if the Patriots played in Seattle while he was with New England. Um, I know that they, they've obviously pro- they have had to have played Seattle, a the Super Bowl and then B, um, you know played him in the regular season. But if I don't know if the game was in Seattle or New England or not, uh-huh. so don't underestimate the fact of Jimmy G, cool, not. Because obviously he wasn't on the Niners when when we played Seattle last year, so that was his. That could very well have been his first time in Seattle. So yeah. the quote unquote twelve and loudest stadium and all that, you know, don't underestimate experiencing that yesterday. That that's going to play dividends. It's off. It's off. You know, so it's it's um it it was very. Irritating yesterday, going from um, <laughs> you know the last time we played Seattle when you know Jimmy G Cool comes in and and I guarantee you every shot say when you saw that touchdown pass he made that was well defended, I think every Seattle fan felt a shiver go down up their spine. Uh, Lewis Murphy touchdown, yep, good call. Yeah, it was to it was to Lewis Murphy. I was um it happened I was in the corner of the end zone maybe f- seven rows up something like that it, it happened in the end zone I was sitting at that that particular game so um I felt kind of like that was my reward for sticking around you know even though it was clear that we were going to lose the game but I, so 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 it, you know 20 years from now when I'm sitting in the bar with my you know my my son and my grandson I could tell him that, you know, I was there when Jimmy G. Cool threw his first touchdown pass to Lewis Murphy. <laughs> but, um, yep. you know, so uh, taking the the m- macro view of this season, the, now we're at the point where it's 
three of the next four are at home. You know, all West Coast trips, you know, we don't – yeah, we don't leave the state of California the next – the rest of the season. We're in the state of California the rest of the season. I – do you see a wind coming up? Running the last four games for the 49ers, Raiders, and Jets. But uh, the next four games, I think Broncos are desperate to actually won like each of four in a row. Uh, they're obviously in the playoff hunt. Yeah, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I expect to lose that one. The Seahawks, obviously, they're in the yeah. playoff hunt. I see that as a loss. The Bears, they're obviously in the playoff hunt. I see that as a loss because they lost yesterday to. Yeah. Anyway, they lost it in the Rams. Are they going to be playing for home field advantage? Hopefully so. Um, I think that's a, I think that's a loss too. I think we're losing out, and obviously, as we know, it is what it is. That would obviously secure the number one overall draft pick, and then we're rolling. Well, so, yeah. I mean, two and fourteen uh, season, and let's let's be realistic here, Adam. Um, you know, I know that you are very more you know optimist and everything like that, but if Jimmy G. Cool doesn't come in, you know, for the last five games of last season. Last uh, of, of last year, you know, the last five games of last year, I think we were we were pretty much facing a probably about two two and fourteen, maybe maybe one and fifteen season. Yeah, you know, maybe yeah, we might have been one able of those to last eat, games. Three yeah, maybe we might be we might have been able to eke out that game against the Bears, maybe, or maybe the last week when the Yams sat everybody. But yeah, so you know, yeah, I think that. Uh, going forward, I, I agree with you about the Broncos. I feel that, that maybe they're a team that, that's hitting their stride. And, um, you they know, obviously on, they're, 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 they're talent on the defensive, especially, you know, Bob Miller, obviously. Um, yep. You know, I think that they always say defenses show up in December. You know, that's, that's when your defense really shows up. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I, I think colder. that – yeah, exactly. I think that um, two. I I would say the Broncos. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be. I I never like to say I expect us to lose because I really do think there are ways that we can win every game. But yeah, it wouldn't sure. surprise me. I'm not gonna be. Yeah. I'm not gonna be super shocked if we lose to Denver. Um, Seattle. Yeah, I have a feeling yeah. that, that there was a, a interesting statistic. Uh, yesterday that came out in the Niners pregame on the radio yesterday that said that um, every year of Pete Carroll's career, the Seahawks in December have lost to an NFC team that they were uh, a double-digit favorite towards. Or maybe it was eight points. Maybe it wasn't double digits. But basically, essentially, they lost to a team that they had no business losing, a division team that they had no business losing to. I thought yesterday, especially with all the upsets that you were seeing, you know, in the early games, I thought yesterday might be the day. I, I'm gonna go ahead and say it would not shock me. I'm, I don't, I don't want to say expect, yeah. but I have a feeling. I have a feeling that, that if if it's going to happen to Seattle, I could see it happening. I could see it. The, the fact that they just, you know, they expect to just business as usual. They beat us 10 times in a row. You know, Nick Mullins or C.J. Beth, whoever happens to be at – I'm assuming Shanahan will probably make the announcement 
you know, today out of this press conference yeah. in about probably 20, 30 minutes. You don't mind me interrupting you for a second. Yeah, go ahead. Let's let's not get it twisted. Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins in my opinion, I thought he played a relatively solid game, obviously, for being on the road and being without, obviously, you know, Goodwin, mm-hmm. Jet, you know, Garcon. He threw for 30 for 48, 414 yards, two touchdowns in the pick. And as we all know, that pick was obviously a hurt, you know, because the goal line with the game wouldn't matter. But that easily, you know, that was like what, a few inches away from the Wilson getting it for a touchdown. He could have threw for over 400 yeah, yeah. yards and two touchdowns, you know. That wasn't, that's not bad at all. I think that's – I think that's Bobby Wagner doing what he does, sure. especially also, to a young quarterback. He baited he baited him into that throw. Yeah. you know it, it's when they showed you the replay on on Fox. When you when you see the replay on Fox, you could just totally tell he was just totally baiting him into that throw. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And yeah. so, I say that that to me. Um, I want to see Pettis progress. Um, go ahead and pull up Kittle's stats because I don't. I, I remember Kittle six getting grabs, a couple seventy yards. Six grabs, seventy yards. Seventy. Yep, seventy yards. Not too bad, I guess. You know, more of a focal not, point, no. obviously. I, I think what you're starting to see is what I think we really should hope for as a Niner fan. Because yeah, we love George Kittle. He's he's. I think that you know, he hasn't quite reached the point where we can just write him in as a Pro Bowler every year. But I think that that you know we're very satisfied with George Kittle. But George Kittle, oh, yeah. uh, your tight end shouldn't be the main focal point of your offense. <laughs> and so I I'm mean, not saying that there's nothing wrong. Oh yeah, for and, sure. Or, or, okay, I should say unless a matchup. Greatly he's not dictates your one guy. it. Let's just say that. But right now, he's exactly, kind of exactly. If the, if the matchup dictates, if the matchup, if that's where the matchup is, and and the favorable matchup is, then take advantage by all means. And I know Kyle yeah, Shanahan yeah, yeah. will greatly take advantage of that. But going forward, George Kittle shouldn't be our leading receiver. So yeah. what you're starting to see is is although seven, you know, seven grab six grabs, seventy yards. I'm, that's awesome. That I, I, I'll take that for my tight end all all day every day. For sure. You, you, clearly not the, 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 you know, nine catches or the 125 we were seeing earlier. So you're starting to see, you know, Dante Pettis. A big shout-out to Kendrick Bourne. I thought Kendrick Bourne had a nice game yesterday. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, he was clearly Dante Pettis, the Dante Pettis show. But I think that going forward, especially the ineptitude that we've had at the receiver position all year, and uh, Kyle Shen actually said in, in his pregame thing yesterday that, you know, this is the first time we've had re- the same two receivers start back-to-back weeks, you know, mm-hmm. with, with, with Tampa and this week. So, continuity. So, I, continuity. I think that we all talk about the glory days and Joe and, you know, Steve and Dwight and, you know, and Jerry and all them, but – it's not a secret that, that Jerry Rice and, and Joe Montana were and, and, and even Steve Young were at their greatest, you know, later in their careers. It's because continuity, you know, because they played together so long. That's sure. that's why that's I think that, that the Niners – I think that's why the Niners were able to dominate as long as they were because, you know, yeah, we you know, we would – you know, certain pieces were exchanged throughout the dynasty, but the core of the team remained the same. You know, yeah. Jerry – 
you you know, so I think that oh, you know KB and Dante Pettis. I I you know obviously not. I'm not going to say oh we don't need receivers now because Dante Pettis and Kendrick Bourne, but I think that they're showing you that that hey just don't count me out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't I, I mean don't I'll say it forget about me type of thing. And Bourne as your like top three is solid in my opinion. Like, I, see, I keep seeing people, like, everyone wants that, like, next Julio Jones kind of guy. But once again, as we've seen, yeah. we're Shanahan. And once again, assuming we're all healthy, Jimmy, Jay, all the boys, obviously, yeah. you know, offensive line being gelled and all that. Like, I'm not I'm not itching for a wide receiver. Like, once again, it's, it's Rich James and uh, and Trent Taylor, you number four and five. So, like, that's not a bad wide receiver for pretty much what I'm saying. There's, there's higher needs on the list instead of worrying about a wide receiver, in my opinion. And you keep seeing it happen. No, no. You keep seeing Shanahan's team Okay, over. yeah. And, uh, you know, Pettis 200 yards the last two games, three touchdowns. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just not concerned over the wide receiver core. I'll just say that. I will agree with you. As I'll disagree with you that that I'm, if you say uh, Goodwin, Bourne, and Pettis as our top three next year, and then, you know, your slot being, you know, let's just say Richie James. You know, or or Dante Pettis, you know, because Dante like they're both playing the slot. That's why I said number three. Born. I'm saying a combination, a, a a combination of of those four receivers. I say that there are. I still say there are a receiver short. And, and then take another one like I, a bird or something like that. I feel you. Well, 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 but 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 it's not even the draft. Is I'll, I'll disagree with you to say that we don't need a receiver, but I'll agree with you to say. That there are higher priorities and needs on this team sure. than receivers. Well, let me ask you this: so, Are you not comfortable so, with so, Goodwin and Pettis on each side? Like, never mind the rest of the wide receivers. Like, you're two starters yeah. out of uh, out of twelve personnel. You know, running two backs. So two you backs. You're not comfortable with with uh, Pettis and Goodwin on each side, or or you want to? I mean, who are you who are you trying to replace? You trying to replace Goodwin? See, and that We're just that's the problem right is I like see and see this is the problem is is I like Goodwin, you know I, I actually do. like Goodwin on the team. I want Marquise Goodwin on the team. I, I want Marquise Goodwin on the team. I want Kendrick Bourne on the team. I want Dante Pettis on the team because I feel that Kendrick obviously Dante Pettis is going to be on the team next year. Um, yeah. I feel that you Kendrick Bourne will be one of those receivers. I think that Kendrick Bourne will be one of those receivers that if we let him go, another team will snatch him up, and he might not be like become a superstar, but he'll become a really solid, you know, yeah. receiver that that, Damn, that you know will regret he's it. First, he's the first wide receiver. He's the first outside wide receiver uh, um, off the bench, pretty much essentially. But you know, to your credit, I see what oh, you're yeah. saying too, and I, and I agree. But uh, I think honestly, don't forget too, see next year. He's gonna be he's gonna yeah. be running a lot of routes like out of out of you know right, out of line of scrimmage true. as well. You know what I mean? He's gonna be moved to the slot. So he's like a slot he's like a slot wide receiver as one. I think that's the only dynamic that's, I think you can argue. Like having that Taylor Gabriel yeah. type that Shanahan had in Atlanta, like that crazy, you know, pretty much that underneath guy that you know you're not afraid of possibly getting hurt. Like for example, Goodwin can do those kind of things, but do you really try to risk Goodwin? You know, doing all that little underneath shallow shit. Uh, but yeah, exactly. Exactly. The wide receiver too, you know. So don't forget about that. That and 
True, 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 true. And and I'm saying like, I'm I'm saying like if um, I, I'm not a, a draft expert, so I'll so I'll leave it to you. But let's just say that we have a a receiver in the fifth sixth round, like fifth sixth round, maybe maybe undrafted yeah, yeah, yeah. free agent class. You know what I'm saying? Bottom half of the draft that that Shanahan likes, that maybe for whatever reason, maybe because he didn't run you know run a good forty or something like that, it slips. That can uh-huh. give us uh, a little bit more of a, like you said, over the middle, over the 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 Anquan Bolden type almost. Like, hey, you know what? Sure. You need to go make a man catch right now. Uh-huh. You know, a, a catch that men make. Go make it. And I don't feel that we have that on our. Not not saying that you know we're a bunch of sissies or wussies or anything like right. that. But well, that's why a lot of people want that big body white. A big body, but the the type of jump, the just type of re, like how I explained that Bobby Wagner was just simply going to take the ball away from Jeff Wilson yesterday. It was just an inevitable that type, except for receivers. Hey, look, you know the def, the the let's just say the defender has his hands raked, but he's just so strong that he's still going to be able to hold on to the ball. That type of that type of and I understand that's a luxury and like I said we've got way bigger issues to on this football team than than that but that that's just something that I will but I will agree don't get comfortable you know always look to continue to upgrade of course I agree with that I just think that this year I think last year the Niners us and the team as well went in and kind of got a little too, we're okay here, you know, kind of a little too projection happy. And I think that we kind of almost need to dial that back this year. You know what I'm saying? Almost like not not going crazy with it. Once again, we were all praying when Jimmy went down, yeah, we'd have a chance. So, you know, realistically, we we Oh, of course, of course. You know, you made a point before. Is anyone going to really remember that we were two and fourteen? Or hopefully, oh, no, no, assuming no, 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 we make no, no, the playoffs no. next year, and Jimmy's healthy in the whole run around. Nobody's yeah, going to no. give a shit. And that, and I think that uh, I trust Larry Kruger. He does the he does a show here in the Bay Area on KMBR, and he does a pre and post game for the Niners. I've been listening to him since I was probably a teenager. I, I this man really knows his football, and he essentially said. Um, I wanted to kind of get your opinion on this. Um, sure. Bringing in Scott, Scott McLuhan, the, our, our former GM, the drafter of Frank Gore and Vernon Davis and Patrick Willis and <laughs> many others, um, as a consultant, not none, not to, to you know, yeah, not necessarily as a form- process and evaluating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, say here's a million bucks. Hang around the spring, you know, become, you know, the combine, you know, because he did it last year for the 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 Browns, um, I the Browns. And, and look how the yeah. Browns came out with this draft. Uh-huh. I mean, the dra- Browns yeah, came out another set of real good this draft. Yeah, I mean, and and, and, I mean, and somebody that has pelts, there's somebody that has pelts on the wall, somebody that could sit there and look. When when push comes to shove and 
and the decision needs to be made. Um, obviously, it's going to be John Lynch or, well, really probably Kyle Shanahan that makes the decision. But somebody well, can look, you know, Shanahan and Lynch in the eye and say, I drafted Frank Gore. I drafted Patrick Willis. Yeah. I essentially, well, even though Adam it was Peters, Trent. Yeah, exactly. Peters. And no, no, no. And even Adam Peters, I, I'm not saying nobody. But somebody that has the pelts on the wall to, to sit there and say, I mean, look, my, um, uh, Martin Mayhew drafted. Um, wasn't he, was, wasn't he involved with uh, the front office in Detroit that when they drafted Megatron? Yeah. Oh, he. Yeah. He, no, I don't know about no. I think I think uh, old boy Matt Millen actually made that call, but obviously on that oh, one, nobody okay, gave okay. a shit. No, no, I, I, I know he pick. wasn't GM, but I believe he was a scout or or somehow in the front office. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Call. Yeah, but yeah. maybe it was Peters. Was, you there, Adam? Hello? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, we lost you for a second. Oh, my bad. But you're back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you were saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I was just saying, like, like uh, you know, with Mayhu, Peters, Flint, Shanny, obviously our own scouts, who knows? Maybe Mike Shanahan helps behind the scenes and nobody really knows. Um, I really think get to he a does. Point, maybe there's too many cooks in the kitchen. If you do, obviously. Yeah, maybe. Look. Maybe that that's true. Uh, the the, the, the idea what Larry Cougar. Well, the idea that Larry Cougar was basically bringing up, and and I know that we've talked about this on the show, and, and I'm gonna we're just gonna go ahead and make these a uh, couple quick points real quick, and we'll we'll go ahead and do game balls and wrap up the show, but um, about how just that you have a first time GM. You have a first-time head coach. You have a first-time defensive coordinator. You know, it, 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 it's just a little bit more experience. And and maybe they might. You know what? You could be right, uh, Adam. I'm glad that you brought up that point because I didn't even think about that. Maybe just too many cooks in the kitchen. Maybe too many yeah. people putting in their opinion. You know, that, that could yeah. very well be – that could be very well. Uh, I think that what needs to happen this year – is, you know, we'll never know, fully know, but for what we know, you know, it was Shanahan slammed his fist on the table for C.J. Beathard, and Shanahan slammed his fist on the table for Joe Williams. Maybe Shanahan's kind of rushed a little bit out of the draft room this this year. You know, maybe offensive players, I want him picking offensive players. I, I really do. Yeah. I want him consulted. You know, I mean, he's the head coach of the team. Ultimately, he's the one, you know, whose ass is on the, you know, line as far as, you know, coaching these players. But I think that what also we need to understand is that they're kind of learning on the fly. And so how things are supposed to be and how this is going to flow, I think is kind of a, a work in progress. I don't think that this just because we have a certain structure as far as front office and coaching staff and whatnot now doesn't mean that in year five or six it's that way. Just because Shanahan doesn't have an offensive coordinator now, for example, doesn't mean that in year four or year five he's not going to. Yeah. I also, what about I, Mike McCarthy? How do you feel about him coming on? Maybe. See, I, I was just gonna say that I was just gonna say is that. Uh, maybe not Mike McCarthy because I think that he'll have too many head coaching um, jobs available or, or, so or offers after this year. 
I, I think he, I, I, think I highly doubt it. I, I, Maybe. I, I think so. I, I think I'll put it to you this way. I'll put uh, I'll put it to you this way. Uh, what there's there's already what two three coaches been fired this year. Uh, um, it was the Browns the Browns coach. Yeah, Browns McCarthy yesterday. Um, McCarthy yesterday, and there was one other one. So. I thought. Okay, maybe it's only two. But but okay, so we'll probably say there's probably going to be about five to ten coaching changes this year. You know? Yeah, I'm not really uh, too sure. You know, there's the Jags, Jets, Bills, you know, or whatever. Jags, Jets, Bills. Yeah, you the never Bills, know. Bills, but, you know. I think Bulls are gone. But if I also think a lot of times, but kind of to my point, is that you know Shanahan's obviously gonna be the play caller. You know he, he'll 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 call the plays obviously, but also I think that what my point was and what you brought up with McCarthy is, I think you also have to see what's available. So you know if maybe if Mike Carthy you know maybe Mike Carthy text Shanahan this morning and said hey, you know Kyle if you're you know, if later in the season, if you, you know, ever need me, you know, want me, you know, my opinion and my help in San Francisco, let me know, you know, I'll come on as your OC slash assistant head coach. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Maybe those yeah. conversations are happening now. Maybe, may, maybe you know, Shanahan really wanted Mike McCarthy on the staff, but obviously was the head coach of Green Bay. So, you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that. So I think that's why it would work. The only way I could see, the only thing I can possibly see McCarthy this upcoming offseason is like, say, if a defensive, like, minded head coach gets hired and he wants a, like, pretty much a top coordinator slash, you know, offensive quote unquote guru, um, you know, to team up with, yeah. like, a little yin and a yang. Then they hire McCarthy, kind of like what Quinn did with Shanahan. Um, so I could see yeah. maybe a defensive minded head coach gets hired, he'll bring McCarthy. But let's just say that opportunity has become available. It'll be shocked. That's what I'm saying. And so, well, yeah, yeah, we're just throwing darts at a board, you know. But I think that that, that basically, I think that Lynchahan, they're they're realists. I I really do, and I think they're 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 gonna. I think they're embarrassed. I think that when they lost Jimmy G. Cool, that realistically, I think they told themselves, okay, there goes the playoffs. But I don't think that they said here comes two and twelve, you know, two and ten. Oh. I think that you know they thought they they, they would squeak. I think they thought like, okay, we'll beat Arizona. Okay, we'll beat the Giants. You see what I'm saying? Like I think they they yeah. thought things like that. Happened, you know what I'm saying? Like you've been talking about though. Like, what are those? What were those losses to us right now? If we were at five wins. It's like. Once again, is anybody going to give a shit the difference between five and six wins? And oh, no, 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 no. You know, once again, nobody's going to care. No, but I'm glad I, to lose those shits now. So, oh, of course, of course. It, it's, it's, you know, I, I'm going to kind of come up with the blog and some ideas about certain things coming on right now. But, um, yeah, but so my point is that you don't know what becomes available. Like, they could, they, Shanahan could come out today and say, yeah, Salah's my D.C. going into next year. But let's just say, you know, Chicago has a brain fart and decides to fire Vic Fangio. Well, all of a sudden that kind of changes things, right? No offense to Robert Salah, but um, 
back here. You know, he becomes available. I'm sorry, you were cutting out for a second. Who were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. But basically, the point I'm trying to make is, is I don't think any decisions are going to be made now. And what I want to avoid is I want to be avoid firing people just to fire people. Yeah. You know. Well, here's another point. Be, about I don't want to fire somebody. Before. Right. Uh-uh. I, I, don't, I just don't want to fire somebody and right. then, you know, kind of not have a plan what to do. I want to have a plan of what to do and then, you know, fire him. Right. Well, I mean, I just want to bring this up really quick. For all the people that would, like, say, like, fire Salah, 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 once again, we all know about the injuries that we've had coming always freaking playing yeah, from behind yeah. and lack of edge rushing. But here's the thing. You don't necessarily have to fire. I said this before. I don't think you fire him unless you upgrade. But here's another thing, too. Yeah. For example, if we cough up the money, let's just say Bowles gets fired. You don't technically have to fire Salah. You can bring in Bowles as somebody that, like, pretty much is, like, Bowles' right-hand man. I said this before. It's like uh, it's like the Cowboys bringing in Chris Richard, who used to be with the Seahawks, but he's a passing game coordinator yeah. for the Cowboys uh, to pretty much assist uh, what's his name, Rob Marinelli. So as you can yeah. tell, you know that can work too when you have like a tandem as coordinators. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Almost like almost like uh, what they did with with uh, Monty uh, Chris uh, Chris Kiffin this this year. Monty Kiffin is a grandson, kind of like how oh, they yeah, yeah. Uh, like not, in a not that exact role. I'm not, I'm not saying right. that exact role, but kind of like um, special advisor to the defensive coordinator or special advisor to the head coach. Or just – like that Exactly. Exact. Perfect example. They can get – they'll get real fancy with titles, and basically all titles means is, is somebody's trying to get their ego stroked personally. You know, yeah. uh, you know – I don't think that Todd Bowles wants to be behind Robert Sala on the pecking order. You know what I'm saying? I, I think it's yeah. titles are, are a lot of ego. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. Maybe Pete Carroll, let's just say, I, I don't think this will happen, but Pete Carroll gets fired. Um, and they let, uh, they, they let Ken, Ken Norton Jr. Basically, if Ken Norton Jr. becomes available – I think in hindsight, what they wanted—I think in hindsight, what they wish they did is just hired, hired Ken Norton Jr. as our defensive coordinator. And maybe Josh Doriel. I think that's what they staff. really. You never know about that one too. I like that. I really, I like. You know, I didn't even think about that. I really like that. Jack Del Rio coming to run the defense. I, I, I'm I mean, not too mad about that. But uh, yeah, just, you know, we're just kind of mm-hmm. like in a exactly with head coaching experience. Head coaching experience, you know, and yeah, play you linebacker, know, uh, you know, to help out with that. I think, I think there's um there's no secret to people that I um people that I know that have met Kyle Shanahan or talked to him. Um, you know, I've talked to people that you know have interviewed him before and whatnot. Uh, he's he's very, he's pretty arrogant. I don't want to say arrogant, but very, you know, I know what I know type of person. But I think that. He, you know, when you if you come with somebody with some pelts on the wall, a coach who said, you know, been there, done that, 
you know what I'm saying, or or his dad, you know, because I, I, Kyle Shanahan's his own man, but I really do think he admires his father. You don't pick the profession that your father did if I'm you don't admire you, your father. If I had to put money on it, I bet you Mike Shanahan helps out with with some schemes and some game planning here. He, he, he said uh, his the first year he said he uh, his father has a uh, uh, has an office in his office. So uh, yeah. so he it's says trick, he doesn't. He's not hired. We don't pay him and stuff like that. Exactly. Kind of, so he doesn't. Really, like, you can't really throw that out there like that. Yeah, Mike Shanahan. Don't get what I'm trying to say twisted. Mike Shanahan isn't chilling in Kyle's office all the time. He said that Kyle has came out and said there's plenty of stuff that he does. I send him stuff all the time, you know, send him film. He sends me film, you know, uh, that I think that, you know, Kyle, It's I think it's a typical father-son relationship. You're going to want to stand on your own. And, you know, not everybody listens to their dad. Wants to be at the pool hanging out all day? No way. Exactly. But I think that. At the end of the day, that's still his son, and that's still his father. So, I mean, yeah. most men, if their son calls and says, hey, Dad, could use a little advice here, they're going to answer. They don't think that Kyle should, you know. And so if – even if, um, you know, uh, he was – Kyle was asked multiple times if he ever thought about bringing in his dad, and he said no. But maybe even if his dad – comes, you know, even if his dad kind of whispers, hey, son, you might want to kind of hire this coach, you know, type of thing. I don't think that that's I, – I, we're, we're never going to know how everything's operated, but I don't think that if we do what you think and win out, uh, lose out, I don't think if, you know, the commissioner says with the first overall pick, uh, or, you know, welcome to the 2019 draft – the oh San Francisco God. 49ers are now on the clock with their first overall pick. Doesn't that sound awesome? It, I don't think they're just – that, that sounds very awesome, you know, right oh now. And, and for the future, it, it sounds amazing for the future. And in April, of course, we're all going to be – Come, I mean, by the time the season's over, everybody's going to be pumped because we're going to have the first overall pick. And, I mean, I don't know how much you remember when what it was like when we had the last – the first overall pick last time, which is, of course, the year we took Alex Smith. But I mean, it was oh, you know, it's fine. this is something that hardly ever happens in franchise history, you know. So he, this is a big deal. This is a franchise-altering player. Like in in theory, this is somebody who's going to bring us championships. So this is very exciting and a big deal. Uh-huh. But I don't think they're going to stay put. I don't think that 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 because I think that and Larry Kruger also brought this up because um, his his co-host or his host, um, Larry's the co-host, but anyway, um, he brought up that, you know, Lynch, you know, that question is Lynch power. And he says, I want Lynch feeling uncomfortable because I think, and I agree with him because I think everybody kind of says six year contracts, six year contracts. And I'm not saying John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan are sitting on their morals, but I think that they can get a, a fire lit under their ass a little bit. And that you know what, maybe bringing in Scott McLuhan or maybe a um, like um, maybe I don't want to say somebody above John Lynch, but maybe more of a, a person, be, just a kind of advisor or something like a Mike Holmgren, 
you know, maybe Mike Holmgren comes in and a, a special advisor to general manager. Mm. You know, I just I have a feeling something like that is coming. Just just something. Maybe not Mike Holmgren. You know, yeah, just add a little more. Just something is. Just just something's gonna come. Something's gonna come. Yeah. And I think, I, so think I would think I would think it would come from our past. I do think it, it's. I do think it's going to be a link to our past, you know, uh, but I don't think the, the the two obvious ones, which are Mike Shanahan and, and Mike Holmgren, I don't think it's Imagine going to be those. Mike Nolan as an assistant. There you go. Mike Nolan or Mike Singletary or Derek Erickson. I wouldn't mind him as an assistant. Um, no, 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 no. You know who I really, really wouldn't mind? North Turner. Uh, North man. Turner the came Panthers in. right now. Yeah, no, that was a bummer. That that shit, that just, 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 Alex Smith and all it, that shit so bad, man. It, it did, it did, it it it, it did. It, well, Alex Smith, you know, seven you can make his coordinators his first seven years. I mean, yeah, you man. can make the argument. You can make the argument on whether we were better off with you know Harbaugh and Roman, or you know. Mike Nolan and, and one of those guys. North Turner, you know, but but I really do think that I would have to go back and look at the years. What that was Alex Smith's second year, I believe. So yeah, North, yeah, two thousand six to two thousand eleven. So that yeah. that that's a good five years. That's a good five years of Alex Smith's career as a Niner that was set back by by North Turner moving on to be from our OC. I, I fully believe that that. If, if North Turner would have stayed, the Alex Smith you saw with Harbaugh, I think you would have seen it, you know, a, lot a, a few I years agree. sooner with, 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 with North Turner continuing. Because, see, the problem with, I believe, with Mike Martz and Jimmy Ray and all these other coordinators is they tried to make Alex Smith fit their system yeah. instead of doing what I believe North Turner and North Turner and – um, like Harbaugh Carson. did and Greg Roman did, which is you fit the system to fit the quarterback. So um, before we get out of here, Adam, I just want to go ahead and um, I guess we'll, we'll give away a couple of game balls. Yeah, down. Uh, shout out Jeff Wilson, 134 scrimmage yards. I think he did overall solid job. Nice. He came out and said he played with a foot injury too. Uh, then yeah, yeah, I heard that. that. Um, Take that. I had heard they, they had said something about it in um, on the Fox broadcast that he was in extreme pain. There was actually a point in time where uh, we where they thought that Kyle uh, Juice was going to be our only healthy running back. Yeah, Breda so got yeah, hurt too, which you know, Breda got hurt. Nobody yeah. really talking about that as much. Breda got hurt in warmups. He he aggravated his reaggravated his ankle in warmups and then re-injured it. During the game, and that's why he was pulled. And we saw almost like half this season. Like he might have started games, but it's been like three or four games now. We left pretty decently early, so uh, that's why. Well, I think like, we you know, brought up Le'Veon Bell and stuff before, and Tevin Coleman, and everybody's like, oh, like Breda, and obviously in the Jet coming back next year. I'm like, you know, with Jet coming back in the 20s, yo, Breda's been well, we've like already, season. We've already said that. You know, I think a lot of people are just. Automatically assuming that that Jarek McKinnon is just going to be able to hop in from an ACL injury and everything's going to be honky dory. We we obviously yeah. all hope so, 
but it's not a lock that Jarek McKinnon is going to come back from this injury. You know, well, because that we have, it, it, especially when, 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 when his, his cap hit would be so little to cut him, you know, his contract was clearly very front loaded. So yeah, yeah. it's it, it, going 2 million in the next three years. It, but. Well, I think we, which, what, what, what you see with Brita, I think like to bring up to, I totally agree with you. It just seems like, once a game, he's getting hopped off, helped off the field or whatever. And I think what you're cl- clearly starting to see is he's clearly a backup. He's not a featured back. He just can't stay healthy. You know, and that's not a knock against him. You know, I want my, I, I want, I, I, you know, that's fine. That keeps Matt, Matt a productive. Matt Breida is great for the red and gold. So I don't want anybody to think that, that I'm trying to make a, a knock on Matt Breida. Not at all, but. You know, and yeah. think about it, fresher, healthier, you know. So, right. real quick, um, just game balls real quick, Adam. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I got, I got Wilson on offense, 130 first yards, and mm-hmm. Forrest Buckner. Shout out Ronald Blair for getting a sack. He's at four and a half for the year. Depot uh, has nine, so we'll take. Yeah, yeah. I've, I'm going to go ahead and take the easy one that I assumed that you would have – I actually thought that you were going to take it, and I was going to yeah. kind of tee it up for you. But uh, I'll take Dante Pettis. <laughs> Since, for sure, for you, sure. You, you, didn't, you didn't take him. I thought you were going to take him. But, yeah, I'll definitely take Dante because you've, you've been on the, the, the Dante, uh, Dante Pettis fan club, you know, all season for long. Sure. I'll, I'll give you props on that. So, yeah, Dante Pettis. And um, I'm going to go ahead and give – I'm going to give it to Sherman. And I'm going to give it to Sherman because, you know what, it wasn't easy. You know, I'm pretty sure what he experienced yesterday and walking out that stadium and and everything that he envisioned this season was going to be is not turned out like it has. Has he bitched? Has he complained? You know, has he thrown teammates out of the bus? Has he thrown a hissy fit or anything like that? No. You know, Sherman's answered all the questions of the media. Uh, he's actually not been the Richard Sherman I assumed that that he was going to be. You know, he's actually quite opposite of what the player you 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 the player Richard Sherman. You're I'm coming to find out. You know, watching him a lot closer with the Niners, that the player Richard Sherman is completely different from the man Richard Sherman. You know, people mature as you get older. Exactly. People do mature as they get older. So I love his trash talk. You know, he still brings that trash talk. He still brings that fire and that passion and yeah. that, you know, you know, and, and everything like that. Fun. But I think that, it, it, well, see, because I think it, it's a part of who he is. And you know what? This is something that you've got to understand about uh, professional athletes is you have to believe that you're the best in the world. And I mean, and think about, think about what Richard Sherman overcame. He was, a, first of all, he wasn't even a corner. He was a wide receiver. Hallball was the one that switched him from, cor- from receiver to corner. So, so they, he really wasn't even recruited to Stanford as, a, as a, a corner. He was recruited as a receiver, but he couldn't catch. So they switched him over to corner. And he's a fifth-round pick. You know, nobody expected him to make it in the NFL. And, you know, and all that fuel and that I'm the greatest and, and everything, that's what had to propel him to be what he is. And, and you can't really just turn that off. You know, you can't make 
you can't make something like that be your driving force, and then as soon as you make it, turn it off. You know, it, it doesn't work like that. Look at Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice busted his ass like he was, you know, going to get cut. Like every practice was his last practice. But you know what? Maybe possibly that's why he's the greatest receiver ever. You know, maybe Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman's a great corner. Maybe that passion and that fire and that that maniacal drive to be great. And you know, being a fifth round player, uh, uh, draft pick, and playing with that chip on your shoulder, coming from Stanford, that's not necessarily a powerhouse when it comes to football. You know, that was around the beginning of of the Stanford. You know, that we know and you know nowadays. But you know, so. I think Sherman deserves. I'm gonna say post Achilles, so I, I expect him to be better. Exactly. Next year, in my own personal opinion, with a especially and, with a and pass rush being two years removed from injury, I don't I think, think exactly. And I don't think so. Here's what I le- lay at Sherman. I still really haven't fully accepted him as a Niner. I said I wouldn't until he made a play to beat Seattle or a play to win us a championship, but. You know, I'm okay with him being on the team. I'm, I'm, it's nothing like that. I think that I think that his season is getting a little overhyped, just because they've had no reason to target him because the cornerback of of him opposite him has just gone through so many struggles this year. Whether it's Akilah Witherspoon, Greg Maben, you know, Tavarius Powell, whoever. So, but I think he's having a good season. So, I mean, well, that, that, that's my whole point. I don't think he's having a super, like, you know, oh, my God, it's the Richard Sherman of 2012 when he tipped the pass, of, or 2013 when he tipped the pass of Crabtree, you know. But is he a good corner? Can we say that we have a corner spot locked down for next season? Yeah. And so I believe that it could not have been easy. when he saw, I don't think Richard Sherman came here to go through a 2-10 and ten season. I don't think Richard Sherman came here to, you know, to struggle. Exactly. All right, brother. Well, um, we'll go ahead and end end this episode. But um, thanks for coming on, bro. We really appreciate it. For sure. Always fun. Thank you so much. Enjoy your day, everybody. No problem, bro. Yep, yep, yep.